Hello, and welcome to e-commerce in the age of COVID-19, bringing you discussions with e-commerce thought leaders about the challenges and solutions they've encountered during this crisis. I'm your host, Sam Kellett. Our episode today features a conversation with ROI Hunters CEO, Carl Tlustak, and I will be back at the end of the episode to wrap up. For now, let's go right on to the discussion. So I am here with uh, Carl Tlustak, who is CEO of ROI Hunter. First off, Carl, did I did I get the pronunciation of your last name right? <laughs> yeah, sorry for my last name. It's always okay. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Perfect. Thanks for joining us. So if I could just uh, now I know who you are, but if you could introduce yourself for our listeners, just give uh, give a little bit of your background in e-commerce and uh, what you're doing now. Yeah. So I'm CEO of ROI Hunter, um, which is a company that helps e-commerce uh, businesses grow their business profitably. I'm exaggerating this profitably because I think that uh, this is really our mission. Because we believe that uh, e-com companies can essentially make the world a better place, especially during these days. But it's challenging to really uh, provide services for demanding customers in profitable manner. And uh, that's uh, why we've established a company uh, to help clients, not just with technology, but also with the great talents that we have. And uh, we are working with hundreds of large e-commerce companies globally and also thousands of very small uh, e-com businesses. Great. Thank you for that intro. One thing that I've been very curious about is as someone working with a number of e-commerce companies like this, have you noticed any overall trends during this COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, uh, we are actually researching retail. Uh, I'm also attending Harvard University. And what we see is that um, back in the days, uh, e-commerce share in uh, uh, general retail was uh, 15-16% and it was growing 2% every year. Mm-hmm. And now we see that uh, it's going to be the opposite. Actually, online is taking over the whole retail in uh, a lot of countries because of offline restrictions, obviously. Uh, but uh, what is predicted, and it's quite interesting, is that um, in one year it's going to be the other way around so actually online part uh, on whole retail is going to be bigger than offline part in terms of retail sales so you think within just a year we're we're actually going to see the shift to more people shopping online than shopping in stores yeah uh it might not be in all countries but uh, in the vast majority of developed countries it's going to be the case uh, which is interesting because um, this this is the biggest transformation ever happening in retail mm-hmm. in very short time period. So we see that it brings yes a lot of challenges for retailers to transform and reinvent themselves, but at the same time a lot of opportunities in the market. Yeah, uh, you're talking about the uh, the opportunities there. 
let's say I'm a retailer that has stock. Uh, let's say my supply chain isn't too badly affected. Uh, what's what's something that I, as that retailer, would do to actually see this as an opportunity? Yeah. So first of all, then you are very lucky retailer. Because... <laughs> that would be a very lucky retailer. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, supply chain is affected uh, globally. Like even if you think about raw materials. 30% of raw materials are produced in China anyway. So uh, we, we see right now that uh, everybody will have to kind of adopt. And uh, But uh, let's say that you have uh, good suppliers and uh, you have your stock. So I think that now it's a great opportunity for you to actually collect cash because now the, the demand can be uh, quite high. And uh, you can use that as opportunity to get rid of your dev stock because uh, what might not be interesting for your core audience uh, and uh, you would say that these products are obsolete uh, can be actually interesting for uh, some older people or new audiences that you are not normally reaching. So okay. I think that the strategy here is um, to really maximize profitability of your operation because you're going to need the cash. And uh, probably uh, you can use that as opportunity for your growth, uh, for reaching out to new people, acquiring new customers. Because um, that is what is happening right now is that uh, people that would prefer buying offline are right now forced to buy online and you can essentially uh, even advertise you can pump money to marketing to actually create new shopping habits for these people so the people that are online now because they're stuck in the house because they're shopping for something they normally would go to the store to you're saying people can use this as an opportunity to to start building those online habits Exactly. This is why Amazon is massively investing right now. So you know that they've hired 100,000 people because, uh, because they see that as clear opportunity for them to get significant chunk from the pie. And uh, when I was mentioning that uh, online will be even bigger than offline in terms of retail sales, that's essentially the pie that is right now available. So either it's going to be consumed by Amazon or you or some other competitor. Sure. Yeah, I was, I was seeing those projections for Amazon that uh, rather than them thinking that they'll gain 38.7% of the American market share for e-com, uh, it's now predicted to be 60%. So uh, mm -hmm. I guess one thing I'm wondering is what what's something that these retailers, if they're in a position to do something other than survive, uh, what's something they can do to set themselves apart from Amazon or to to help compete in that area? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a very good question because uh, what we see is that actually uh, users want to have choices, right? Essentially. Um, you can still differentiate uh, the, the offering that you have. You can uh, offer local services, uh, consultancy. You can offer local products, or you might have even products that are simply not available on Amazon. Right? 
And especially if you want to keep your brand, then it's more clever to actually create shopping habits that people would uh, search for their favorite products in your store or that uh, you would simply inspire them to shop in your store directly. Mm-hmm. Because uh, what we see, and it is very dangerous, is that um, since Amazon is creating their own wide label brands, they are diminishing the added value of brands and servicing. So uh, we've seen a lot of retailers going out of business because uh, that Amazon captured what products uh, was were actually popular and then they replaced these products branded products by their amazon basics you know and uh, yeah. simply compared them like hey why you are buying this rather expensive products while we offer you the same functionality everything uh, for cheaper and uh, this is the way how Amazon is trying to capture whole retail industry. And we believe that actually diversification and uh, options for users is very important. And that's why we are helping e-com companies to, to actually fight against Amazon. That sounds great. I give them that advantage in the field. Uh, one... Uh... One of the things I was really curious about is that what do you think is going to happen after a year? Like I know we said that e-commerce is likely to potentially even overtake traditional retail now, but let's say the crisis ends in in a year and a half, two years. Uh, Do you think people are going to stick with that or are they just going to return to the the retail that they knew? Um, Yeah, I think that part of... uh users will always uh, return to their habits. But um, as we see on the history, um, habits stick, right? Because uh, once you find out that it's actually convenient to buy something online and you don't have to go, you know, like drive half uh, hour somewhere and then wait in a queue, uh, that's something what you won't simply change, right? And people tend to actually ease their lives. So um, you you would see uh, the growth of e-commerce happening even without coronavirus. So it's inevitable. Sure. But right now it's it's basically accelerator of the whole thing. So it's like we're seeing a a sped up time-lapse of how e-commerce would have gone. Mm, Just a slower yeah. version. Yeah, I think that now it's challenging for retailers because uh, it's very new and, uh, you know, not all of them are ready for such a, a shift. Uh, they they might have supply chain that is affected. Uh, you know, some of them are basically turning over the whole marketing. But uh, what, what we see is that actually it's now great opportunity for them to really sort out their infrastructure, interconnect data, you know, have very smart buying decisions based on marketing data, ideally. And uh, they, they can get ready to, to jump on a growth curve once uh, they kind of sort out these challenges. 
Okay. So then, yeah, let's, let's end with, uh, with one last statement from you. Let's say I'm in the worst situation. Let's say I, uh, my supply chain is destroyed. I have very little in stock. Uh, in that position as an e-commerce company, what should be my first step? Uh, yeah, I think that the, uh, you need to really assess when your supply chain is going to be ready again. Maybe search for other suppliers. And uh, what is super important is uh, really get your infrastructure ready and connect data dots. What we see is a huge challenge for retailers that they usually don't really share the data from marketing to their buying department. So they only see like uh, their buying department uh, sees, all right, uh, these are sales. But essentially, you can't use what was sold last year and just repeat the same purchase because now the world is completely different. So it's very clever to actually see how difficult it is to sell different products based on marketing data and then actually buy products that are easy to be sold and that are profitable. And, uh, once, yeah, and once you get there, once you have some products that you can actually sell, then uh, I would be very cautious about like really product level profitability because uh, what we've been seeing is that a lot of e-com companies were kind of blasting products to Facebook, Google, and uh, calculating ROI on very aggregated level. And essentially, some products were okay with the margin and the return on ad spend, but some products were essentially uh, very cheap and uh, very expensive for marketing. So it was basically exacerbating their profit. Now they really need to measure everything and optimize towards real profit. So find the profits that are working, focus there, restock there, and really just try to remain profitable during these initial months. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Carl. I'll, uh, I'll let you get back to CEOing. And uh, <laughs> uh, thank you. Speak with you again soon. Yeah. Take care, Sam. Thank you. You too. And that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to send them to me directly at samuel.kellett at ROIHunter.com. And be sure to tune in next week for a discussion with another e-commerce leader about the effect COVID-19 is having on the industry and how we should react. Thank you.